And also, the the, the washing machine is on because I I don't hmm. know how long the cycles are ah. with, with my new washing machine. I I thought perhaps it would be done by now, but it's still going. How do you not get to see how long the cycles are going to take? No, it doesn't. It doesn't actually get. It doesn't tell me. Oh. Just it's, it's like here's here's a light. And if the light's on, we're we're going. You gotta either have the manual or have a have a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I I think I could find something online. You can place some bets and stuff like that. <laughs> Get invested in the washing. I'm I'm currently playing a fun game of what's in the box. Ah, did you not label your boxes? They're labeled, but they're labeled by the last people who used the boxes, which was Thomas and his fiancee Rosie. Right. So, for example, the box that says. Rosie jumpers is likely a box of jumpers, but there's probably something else in there too. The box that was labeled kitchen has kitchen stuff, but with layers of bed sheets in between to protect it all. Ah, good. That's some good, some good multi-use uh, items there. Yeah. But I am speaking to you from my new flat, from a one that I actually bought with money. Well done. You are so far away now. Uh, <laughs> no. I am actually. I had uh, my cousin or our cousin Paul was here <laughs> last night to help me out with some DIY. Oh, good lad! And you know, he, he was like, "Wow, this is this is this is really nice." And then he said something like, "I wouldn't personally have chosen to live this far out, but you know, it's really nice." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to so, each their own and or whatnot. It, well, exactly. And the thing is, it is closer to my office. Well, that's that's what matters. I can get to Silverburn within six minutes, which is the giant retail centre in Glasgow if you, if you want to have a five guys and also yeah. go to a giant Tesco at the same time. Yeah, take five guys to Tesco. <laughs> you could do that, you know, make it six guys. Yeah, easy peasy. Yeah, I, I can actually, I'm going to test this tomorrow. I'm pretty sure I can get into the city centre of Glasgow via public transport oh. in 25 minutes, which... If so, is oh, it's not bad. Is absolutely fine. Like I could actually, from my old place, could walk it in twenty five minutes. So you know, right. So it's comparable, but more middle class. Oh, ve- oh, very much so. Like I have, I have yeah. totally upgraded. You're in the suburbs. I am. Like I, I feel. For example, last night I was still taking stuff out the car and taking it upstairs at eleven o'clock at night, and I thought, man, I'm gonna have to shut these doors quietly. It's it's just total silence like everyone's gone to bed oh wait so how, how are, are you are you semi-detached are you detached what's the kind of neighbor situation so i'm on the second floor of a six flat three floored building did i explain that well right I think so yeah and does the building have wall-to-wall neighbors i've got one on my landing and then i've got two above and two below right yeah this sounds, sounds not too bad then. <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you'll have to come and see for yourself to, to truly understand the dimensions. Well, it might only take me 25 minutes to get there. Well, exactly. Even faster if you had a car. Yeah, imagine like buying one of those. <laughs> the main issue at the moment is that all of my stuff is here. Right. But it's, but it's not anywhere near being close to unpack. So I want to do all the DIY stuff first and then move yes. in. Yes. Yes. And so at the moment I have a couch. I'm speaking to you from the couch that the previous owners left, which is very nice of them. Ah, it's very comfy. Good lads. And uh, it's the only thing I have to sit on in the entire flat at the moment because I don't have any chairs or a bed. But that the floor is comfy. That will that will happen in time. IKEA, I'm planning to go to IKEA wait, tomorrow. Wait, wait, a toilet. I mean, I could do that. Yeah, the, I mean there are yeah. two. I've got two toilets now. Wow. So it's like two seats and a sofa. <laughs> It's all I need. It's a life of privilege. <laughs> I could have chosen to do it from 
the bathroom. You are quite correct. Would have been a bit more echoey. Hard surfaces in there. Yeah, and also colder, you know, and the, this sofa is very comfy, so, you know, I had to choose something. Yeah, yeah, I follow. How are you, James? What's What's been happening? I have not moved. I'm in the same flat. <laughs> I will never move. I will. I will move someday. How long have you been in that flat for? This is year 10. Oh, really? We're on a good run. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at all you peasants and peons who move around every every couple of years and have to go through the hassle of packing and unpacking. It is a hassle. I laugh from my throne of comfort. Do you know what I've uh, what I've learned, actually? This is the fourth place I've lived in... Sorry, fifth place I've lived in Glasgow in the last 11 years. Yes. I expect this will be the longest of my stays. Right. Because I, you know, I bought this one as opposed to just yeah. throwing money down a black hole. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is that I have somehow increased the amount of stuff I own exponentially in the last four years. Because yeah. when I moved to Fur Park Close, I did it in one... Literally, it was one car journey. That was it. There was nothing else required. I fit yeah. everything into one. And it was like a, a Fiat 500 or something equivalently small. Yeah. I did it all in one car journey. This one was ridiculous. I have something like... 13 boxes and multiple car trips and half the stuff in my office and half the stuff in the flat upstairs, which Bex's sister lives in. Hi, Jess. Hope you can hear me. Oh, that's nice. And uh, I was flabbergasted by the fact that I have so much stuff. And I, you know, half of it was like, I don't even use this. So I chucked it. I got, I got the answer to your questions that you haven't actually asked. Uh, (laughs) When you were originally moving down, you were moving down as an occupant of one room. Uh, with with one room is worth of storage space. So immediately yeah, you're true. upgrading to at least more than one room. And the more rooms you are upgrading to, the more stuff you can have. Sometime later, you upgraded from somebody who doesn't have very much income to somebody with a job. And therefore you could afford to buy stuff. And that all of a true. sudden, a small gift for oneself becomes too tempting to ignore. And thus... <laughs> The, the weight of the total mass of things that you own increases. It, it does feel very much like I have I have claimed the ladder in terms of you know where I where I was. Yeah, you're like two rungs up. Exactly. What does Kanye say? It's like we started from the from the bottom. Now we here something like that. Whatever that whatever he said. I am I am Pretty him. Sure, that's one of the phrases that people are known for saying. Yeah, it's a popular phrase. I mean, it's and it's honestly is a great feeling. To have, you know, worked very, very hard for the last however many years and uh-huh. now have given all of that money away, but I now own a property. That's cool. That is, I'm, that is cool. Pr- I'm proud of that. No, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an increasing rarity for people uh, uh, of each generation that comes to be owning, to be owning property. Renting is a trap in this modern age. Well, and that's, but that's the other thing is that to, to get to the stage, you have to save an inordinate amount of money, and then yeah. I've had to do this with, with the help of two governments. I mean, good luck doing it if you've got a family. You've done it because you haven't really got expenses outside of one person. Imagine having dependents. Man, how do you ever buy a, buy a place if you've got, like, one baby? Never mind two babies. Well, welcome to our baby. This is Seesaw Parade, episode 216. It's so expensive. <laughs> it is so expensive. Those SoundCloud fees, man, they just wow. they just kill us every year. I'm never going to be able to buy a house. Okay. I'm Colin and he is James. Yes. And welcome to Scotland's Least All Podcast, coming to you now from uh-huh. even further away 
than we were before. Yeah, we're basically international. Uh, absolutely. I'm also speaking to you via my hotspot because my Wi-Fi doesn't arrive for the next two weeks. I don't understand why. Like, what does it take so... Two weeks what does is it a take? long chunk. Why does it take Vodafone so long to send me a box and to press on? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming the building's wired. Maybe they've not got any customers in that building. <laughs> well, they do now. Come on, Vodafone. Yeah, they, yeah. Hurry up, Vodafone. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you, everybody who got in touch. I'm sorry I didn't actually mention anyone who, who got in touch last week. I'm huh. going to start with Amel. All right. Amel had, uh, had followed up on a previous discussion. Yes. On the back of a, a comment that you had made about TV hyperviolence. Uh-huh. She said that by the time the average American male reaches 18, they uh-huh. have seen 200,000 acts of violence on screen. Yes. That doesn't seem cool. What impact do you think it has? And can we change how normalized violence is on screen? James. Um, I think the impact's less than um, the media wants us to believe it is. And yeah. by the media, I mean like all the boomers that report about how violent the upcoming generations are because of all the TV and the video games they consume. I'm not sure how much of a correlation there is between seeing... Um, f- like faked faked acts of violence and or simulated violence, um, I'm sure I'm sure it does start a little spark in some people's brains. Though, so worth studying. Um, I think the the warning system that we've got in place is a pretty good way to 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 get a handle on it. Um, the advice I would give is parents, if a if a film says for eighteen plus, don't let your kids watch it. I th- uh, you talked about the media blaming. Let me just very quickly before I go into some more comments, uh, mention Columbine. I think Columbine was probably the first uh, example of male violence, school shooting, right. if you recall, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. An example of male violence which was blamed on the fact that the, the two perpetrators had watched horror movies and had played had played Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then senators try to get Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. banned because apparently that's what inspired them. Which of course is yeah. total nonsense. But like so is so is metal. It's try people have tried to ban the entire music genre of metal because it's oh, too yeah. too violent. There's all sorts of things. And I think the correlation is probably the inverse of of the, what these people are saying. Uh, I reckon people who are predisposed to acts of violence are probably going to be attracted to engaging with material that is an outlet for that in those ways yep. rather than the outlet making people become predisposed to acts of violence i don't know i think i think it's strange to me how how the one thing that is strange to me is how much violence there is in the media and it's fine and we're seeing like more and more getting labeled as like uh, at a 15 rating or a 12 rating or 12 a whatever whereas like sexuality and like sex and stuff like that is just like blanket r-rated um even like a nipple and i'm pretty sure like seeing someone get g- decapitated even if it's simulated probably worse for a, a child's brain than a nipple i'm gonna throw that out there okay well not notes Shanana Beatty also got in touch. <laughs> worse than a nipple. Sorry, sorry. yes, yeah, worse than a nipple. Shanana Beatty got in touch and said, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago whilst I was uh, complaining about my deposit. 
who said that uh, actually your landlord cannot make you get the flat professionally cleaned ah. or withhold the deposit unless it's in your original rental agreement, which ah. I could not find. Oh. Uh, and so I uh, I did the cleaning myself. I didn't actually clean everything. I didn't have time. I didn't get around everything. I was working through the night. Yeah. I uh, still didn't manage to get everything done. Uh-huh. However, I have claimed back my deposit. I have given a generous or I've suggested a generous quarter of the deposit goes towards professionally cleaning it right and i'm gonna see if they take if they say okay actually you know what that's that's fine that's amenable to us then yeah then great because that's that's more than i anticipate so thank you shanana for your uh, words of of wisdom your tweets of wisdom moral moral of the tweet uh, if you sign a contract keep a copy of the contract indeed thank you james also you asked last week for people to send in ah. their reviews of what they do whilst they listen to the show. We had a couple of replies. Ross Cray had said, Seesaw Parade with a stroll in the park, 10 out of 10. Nice. And he sent a, a lovely picture of some unidentified pond. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. I presume in Barhead. So not, yeah, good to not be trackable. My condolences. I'd, uh, we asked <laughs> about how much of the ratio of 10 out of 10 is the park and how much of it is the, is the podcast. And he said 50-50. So you know what? Thanks, Ross. That's very kind. It's actually not so bad. I was expecting a more park park weighted uh, <laughs> response. And also, Kenneth uh, Kenneth also sent one over. He said he split the podcast over two exercise sessions. Ten out oh. of ten. P.S. Man. I think that was the only acceptable answer for James. Wait, I mean, I, I did drop a hint or two. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hide that. You you gently suggested that that's what we'd be looking for, but you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Kenneth. The, the hints were subtle, right? I just sprinkle them in. It's hard to notice, Kenneth. Well done. Before we yeah. before we go into this week's show and discuss what's been happening, one final response from Izzy. Now, this is about the Kanye West story, the ongoing uh, presidential campaign that he's launching. In a series of tweets, Izzy sent to at Parade, and you can do as well. She said. I've been trying for ages to formulate a response to Kanye and his mental health. I think what I find difficult is that there is a whole lot of compassion for him, which is understandable and right, but perhaps not enough of calling out of his unhelpful or inappropriate behaviours. Yeah. From personal yeah. experience, just because someone has a mental health issue slash disorder doesn't mean our compassion and support allows them to do whatever they want, which is perhaps the case here. It's a difficult issue, mm-hmm. and I've not worded my response well, but that's vaguely how I feel. Actually, is it? I thought that's very well written, better than I yeah. ever said. And uh, and James, better than we've done. Yeah. James, you responded. I thought your response was very good too. What did What did you make of that? No, it was a good. It was a good exchange because it it gave me a a, a prompt thing to reflect a bit on what we had been saying, and I think uh, we were going a wee bit against against the grain at the time. People weren't really talking about how this is all mental mental health oriented and we kind of um took an angle towards like being compassionate and not like mocking it and stuff like that but yes um re- responsibility still lands with him and those in his circle um if he, if he makes mistakes that still lands on him um we cannot um just sweep responsibility under the rug because somebody's got struggles um they need to acknowledge their difficulties and work against uh the direction that those those difficulties push them in. So yeah, I really, I really, I really appreciate um, the well worded short thread, and it made me think a lot more on the on the topic than I had been. 
As did I. You can get in touch with the show at Operate on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and Gmail, Operate at gmail.com. Let's crack on with the show. James, do you know what we're going to start with? Wait, wait, wait. Coronavirus. Oh, how did you guess? Yeah. I could feel it in the air, hopefully just metaphorically. James, the headlines this week are continuing a trend we've seen recently. We'll start with the fact that the UK is starting or has started in recent days local lockdowns or further local lockdowns, particularly in the northwest of England, Manchester, Leicester has been a hotspot for a while. There have been some high-profile track and trace incidents in Scotland. 32 people have now been infected at or all originating from a pub in Aberdeen. Yeah. As well as a call center in the central belt. There's a couple other ones there too. Yeah. We'll get into that in a minute, but going worldwide, India has reported 50,000 new cases today. Today is Tuesday. Yeah. It's the highest total of any country in the world. It's reported 803 deaths wow. and is continuing to relax its lockdown despite the fact yeah. that cases are rising. Yeah. Uh, the UN General Secretary has warned the world faces a general catastrophe due to the amount of school closures caused by the pandemic. Russia has said it's going to hold a mass vaccination campaign by mid-October, but the WHO says only six vaccines are officially on the final phase of testing and Russia's is not one of them. Which is right. Yeah, interesting. A bit worrying if they do force that on out on people. Meanwhile, we'll we'll get into the U.S. and Trump in more detail shortly. But they, who currently still have the highest total of cases and deaths in the world, have recorded nearly fifty thousand new cases and four hundred sixty-nine deaths in the last day. And Anthony Fauci, the U.S.'s top infectious diseases expert says unless the country gets the number of infections down to 10,000 a day by the autumn it's going to be a total disaster with the current numbers yeah, well, i wouldn't yeah. say that's looking likely would you james no especially since you know some states are maybe plateauing but in general it's been a real bad response to this second yeah Continuation of the first wave. A couple more a couple more facts before we go to the UK. Coronavirus infections in Latin America have passed the 5 million mark, yeah. which makes it the world's hardest hit region, yeah. which is news to me. And also the total number of worldwide infections now sits at 18,693,000 of those have died. It's mad. Uh, James, I fully expect that that will hit the million I mean, possibly before the end of the year. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at this. At this rate, the the global response from leaders across all um, continents has been a solid fifty fifty. Some countries still showing promise in how they yeah. tackle um, cases arising, and some countries just repeating their previous mistakes. Okay, so let's talk about the UK then. Over the weekend, yeah. Prime Minister Boris Johnson decided to postpone the easing of lockdown restrictions for at least a fortnight after the increase in coronavirus cases. Casinos, bowling alleys remaining shut, as uh, BJ Bojo said it was time to squeeze the brake pedal. Yeah, Face coverings will now be mandatory in more indoor settings, such as cinemas. Right. And the chief medical officer for England, Professor Chris Whitty, 
warned the UK may have hit its limits on easing restrictions for the time being. I mean, we, you know, James, I, mean, I, I would have thought we hit them a wee while ago. Um, in, the, Boris and Co were were easing lockdown restrictions faster than they initially pledged to. They weren't hitting the milestones that were supposedly going to be yeah. uh, the markers for the next easing of whatever, whatever. So this is no surprise that it's, that it's backfired a wee bit, unless it was the actual plan is to try and keep it, keep it ticking along for whatever reason. I've got no idea at this point. It seems mad um, that they seem to still be making decisions completely on the fly because the Manchester area lockdown was announced the day before it was taking place at some time late at night, which doesn't seem like enough time to give people a heads up that the next day there's going to be laws mandating what they do. I don't know how you can be making decisions so late and still seem like you want to put out this air of like world-beating responses and excellence. It's just a bunch of nonsense at this point i'd agree entirely that the certainly the english i was gonna say english government that's not correct the uk government who are controlling the restrictions in england yeah have been moving more quickly than the rest of the uk yeah and i believe now and i believe that is because they feel the public are a breaking point and in fact there was another article this week which unfortunately i've not linked to the run order the dare james sorry oh, uh, right. uh, there was another article this week which talked about the fact that the biggest risk to further coronavirus infections is public disorder it's the fact that yeah people who are just fed up of the restrictions and lockdown decide to do whatever they want yeah uh, and we can say it like that and i'm sure the media and the establishment would love to spin it like that but at the end of the day if you're telling people that was from an expert that wasn't from yeah and the experts can talk like that too but at the end of the day if you're telling people you're not allowed to hang out at each other's houses but you are allowed to go to the pub with 50 odd strangers without a face mask they're no longer going to try and avoid houses because the pub is clearly uh, a more risky place. So if they're allowed there, why should we listen in anywhere else? And it's completely bypassing the fact that they keep ignoring all the problems that they're causing when they breach their own rules, that is Cummings, that is several MPs, and with no response and no apology. All of these things are just weakening people's ability to even kind of want to adhere to the rules. And it's not because we're fed up. I'm sure that's a part of it. But there's plenty of people who are just seeing the inconsistencies and going, well, if they're not, if they don't care, why should I care? So what did you think of the suggestion that pubs would have to be closed in England and Wales (laughs) for the schools to be opened back up? Because I didn't quite follow the logic there. I I don't quite get why. I, I understand that not giving kids... Uh, education in person is really challenging and it's going to set things back. I don't understand this push to get kids back in school as fast as we're still trying to because everything we're doing is failing. Even in Scotland, we're seeing numbers rising again um, because people can't adhere to the rules. So imagine trying to get kids to adhere to the rules. Imagine trying to get kids not to be like swapping their fancy face masks or coughing on each other for a joke. Um, It seems really strange that the, uh, that you want to close down one thing just to open up another when both seem to be just really bad decisions to have when your rate of infection is one or above one in some areas. Do you expect that we'll, we will return to a full lockdown before long? Countrywide, I would hope not because um, there are still regions within um, the UK that 
have really low numbers and haven't been seeing um, increases. They're only seeing the occasional case um, brought in from a neighboring region and stuff like that. I, I, I wouldn't want um, the government of any level to say, hey, we've all got to do it again, even you places that have been doing good. Uh, I just think that's really hard to communicate to people in a way where they'll actually abide by the rules. So maybe. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're all in mandatory lockdown again, but I feel like there's a better way um, with regional lockdowns as we've been expecting for a long time. Okay, in news which has just broken in the last few hours, two massive explosions have hit Beirut in Lebanon, killing at least 50 people, injuring thousands more and sending an enormous blast wave across the city that has reportedly shattered windows, knocked down doors, shaken buildings. Hundreds of homes have been left uninhabitable after the blast ripped through a section of the port in the capital of Lebanon. James, there are some, and there are warnings on the videos for good reason, but there are videos out there of the explosions. I've seen them, I believe you've seen them too. They are pretty, uh, I don't know how I would describe it, they're shocking. I mean, it, it quite literally is uh, shocking. And it's just a sign that volatile things are dangerous, even if they've been steady for a while. So yeah. be careful for what you live near, I guess. Take it into consideration where you can. But I'm assuming all these people that live near it didn't really choose to be there. They're unfortunately um, limited in where they can go. Uh-huh. But we don't have enough information to know like, if there's if this was something to do with an accident or if it was something to do with um, malfeasance, I'm expecting it's an accident because of the nature of the facility. It seems to be a a fertilizer chemical adjacent facility. Yeah. Um, And those, those do blow up sometimes and like the chemicals involved in that, there's a reason why you can't buy them in bulk if you're just a normal human being, because they are Uh a major part of bomb making. So you know, this kind of thing is is uh, inevitable, and it, and it sucks. But it's like huge. Like the the, the second the fire is going on, you're like, oh, I guess that does look like it was a big explosion. And then you see the actual explosion; it's like shattering. Oh yeah, man. And there's no, as you say there, James. There's no suggestion yet of any sort of as you say, malfeasance was the word you used. Any sort of terrorist involvement. It does appear to just be Sorry. an explosion. <laughs> But here we are, I mean, who's to say that in a few days' time there, there might be something more to it? But certainly by the looks of the explosion and by the size in comparison to what we've seen in previous uh, suicide bombings or terrorist atrocities, this dwarfs anything I've ever seen. It's enormous. Yeah. So to me, that screams accident. This is on the, along the lines of other industrial um, disasters. Um, it, it is just it's huge and it's like I can't I can't imagine what it would be like to be in the vicinity and to have that kind of a terrifying experience and I hope I can never really imagine okay we're going to move on to the US now and in the headlines the last few days Donald Trump of course and let's start with TikTok James because mm-hmm. three days ago it's just such a confusing story <laughs> okay right well, well we'll start here then three days ago the president announced that he was planning to ban the Chinese-owned video-sharing app TikTok in the US. He told reporters that he could sign an executive order as early as the weekend. Security officials in the States have long expressed concern that the app, which is owned by a Chinese firm, was being used to collect the personal data of Americans. Yeah, I mean, it's banned in 
intelligence services and the military and a lot of different um hierarchies so tiktok has of course denied the accusations that it's controlled by or shares data with the chinese government uh the the app itself has up to 80 million active monthly users in america the ban would be a major blow and not only to the the people who use it but also to the the company which is attempting to expand into multiple different countries yes okay james before we we go into how this story has developed and there are numerous arms and legs to it what about this this idea first of all that trump would want to ban TikTok because of security concerns. Do you believe that is legitimate or these concerns are legitimate? The concerns are, are, are probably legitimate. There's a big reason, and aside from it just being that I don't use social media, there's a big reason that I wouldn't be interested in TikTok. It is a, an app that is one of the known apps that collects more data than it really needs. Okay. And generally, apps that collect more data than they need are probably sending it to someone uh, for whatever reason. So I, I tend to avoid those. Um, anything that the army uh, would ban for anybody within its uh, service, you know, it's probably legitimate. However, is Trump's decision to ban it entirely due to security concerns? I am pretty sure it isn't. It's probably just to grab some headlines, distract from some stuff, make him feel like, seem and feel like he's strong and decisive, you know, a bunch of personal reasons rather than actually caring about stuff. Well, if if you recall, James, the big first rally that he was going to have after the coronavirus mm. magically disappeared yes. was vastly undersold. And apparently that was due to some sort of TikTok campaign, which lots of teenagers bought or uh, requested tickets yeah. for this rally. And A the, viral troll. Yeah, ex- essentially, which was very clever because the Trump campaign were, worked, yeah. were talking about the fact that a million people had registered for tickets and then, of course, I think maybe something like 3,000 showed up in a 16,000 yeah. capacity venue. So, yes. I mean, maybe that's part of it. But let's keep the story moving. Hey, revenge, yeah, yeah. The, the, the next stage of this is that Microsoft were reportedly putting together a package to buy the US arm yeah. Yeah. of TikTok. Yeah, well, the US and and other, like Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Canada. Australia, yep, yep. Yeah. So this would be as the Chinese head of TikTok has said, the only way to prevent the app from being banned in the US is if it's owned by yes, to have it owned in a the US, US yeah. company. Yeah, and then so that so then Trump can spy on all of Australia, New Zealand, Canada and Canada, you know. Okay, so do you think I mean this seems to be certainly from let's look at it from the business perspective, Microsoft have long been playing catch up to the likes of Apple. They're, they've tried everything. Amazon. Yeah. And so, you know, by what, the Groove music was their thing, first of all, and that fell apart. They're, yeah, they've been trying music. They've, they've, they've been, they, they, I mean, they bought Skype way back in the day and they did not do a good job of they that. Mixer, the, the streaming platform. They've done a few pretty bad acquisitions. Yeah, Mixer, they tanked that as well. <laughs> they did. Um, After trying to, they were trying to overtake Twitch, first of all. Yeah, they're just... And they realize the problem is that the companies that have a bit more influence in these spheres are closing out the market. Nothing new is going to actually be able to take over. So you've got to buy something that already exists. Okay. Um, so this is a chance for them to get at least some amount of an established social media. Yeah. So so I get that. And from their perspective, it does seem like a sensible it's a, move. It's a, it's a good business move so long as the follow-up is good. But, you know, it's Microsoft, so... Fingers crossed. 
in the wake of this news, Donald Trump has now come back to say that if the deal goes through, that he and the government should get a cut of it. I know. Because they made the deal possible. What? Which immediately makes the deal so shady. <laughs> As like, can governments, is it like, are, are, are governments just now openly strong-arming businesses in and out of their borders? Like, <laughs> this, this is dodgy stuff. You don't get a cut. From, well, it's incredibly dodgy. Yeah, it's just pre- it's just pressuring a company based in a different country to uh, to make business moves based off, you know, you being the president and asking for money from the deal just makes it makes it seem like just pure corruption. So not not just money, James. He said he made a demand for a substantial portion of the purchase price in a phone call at the weekend with the boss of Microsoft. I know it probably means like half of it for himself as well. It's it's just classic at this point. I know Trump's only been around for a few years, but it's exactly what you'd expect from him. It's it just is. trying to see a way for personal profit out of anything he's doing in his in his public service. It is it is almost mafia like behavior. Yeah. And it's really gonna get a strong response from the Chinese government of some kind. I don't know what kind. Bec- um because the, the I don't think the head of the business actually stays in China. As far as I remember, so we'll see how this plays out. But it's just another increase in weird tensions between China and certain countries of the world, and they just keep piling up. Just on the the, the note there, you said about the U.S. strong arming companies into making deals. If this goes through, then essentially that the president has threatened to ban a company, which has pushed down the price. Yeah. Then a deal will go through, and they want a cut of it. Yeah. That's. It is just like, insanity. It's, it's just actual manipulation. Like you're either either sell your business to us or you're banned forever. And also, last week they had the heads of Facebook, Twitter, and Amazon in in front of the uh, was it the the House Senate? Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, they actually remember. got questioned, and the questions were actually good for once. Yeah, and now and now look, Trump's trying to make another tech company bigger, despite the whole point of that debate or that questioning being you guys are too big <laughs> monopolies are bad yeah and no like if you've if you haven't seen that um in, or seen summaries of that questioning that 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 several hours long set of interviews and questions it's, it's worth looking into because quite a lot of the rep representatives of the countries including including bezos himself didn't really have answers because it went a wee bit off books they didn't get the usual softball questions and the usual dumb old person trying to understand tech questions. Um, but yeah, no, big business is pretty bad as it is. Um, on the online monopolies that we have are scary enough as they are. Trump enabling another one is just is not not ideal. <laughs> but it's overall, there's not really a good side to this story. <laughs> James, in other news, Trump has also suggested delaying the election which mm-hmm. has been met with criticism from basically everybody, including Republicans. Yes. Because the U.S. election... Including himself. <laughs> U.S. election has never been delayed in its history, regardless of yeah. wars or and civil rights things. Everything that has happened in the world has not stopped the U.S. election. So, James, tell me why is Trump going for this particular play? What's, what's his tactics he- here? He, he looks real bad right now. He does. So he's hoping he can delay it and then be not accountable for all his mistakes by the time the actual one comes around. Do, um, do you genuinely believe that? That's why. Oh, there's no other real reason. He he feels like he can't win it in 
uh, in the scheduled time, so he wants to try and postpone it and win it later on. Um, and like he has criticized himself because he has very recently called out the authoritarianism of China in delaying the Hong Kong elections. And I'm like, wow, self-awareness. It's just non-existent for the guy. There, um, there's, a su- there's a suggestion that if Trump loses the election, he's just going to use some sort of executive power to stay in the White House. Do you believe that's a possibility? Yeah, but he, it's impossible. Why? Um, on election day, Trump becomes not president anymore. Um, if the election is delayed or if the result isn't taken seriously, what happens is that nobody becomes president uh, in the new... But, but he is literally living in the li- in the White House. Yeah, but it just the, the title just falls down the current chain of whoever would get it next. So that would be a VP, but the VP is gone. Then it would be Speaker, and then but the Speaker is going to be gone. So it becomes like the house is whatever whatever there's a specific person whose role is to become the president if all this happens if somebody does try and do a dictatorship there is a plan b and it's currently going to go to some democrat because they'll have control of the house if all the elections are postponed right um so there is a plan if it goes wrong maybe trump is trying to make it delayed so that he can destroy the postal vote even harder because he's trying really hard he is. to kill the postal service but it's not quite going down as fast as he needs it to uh so who knows who knows what his motivations are but there is a plan if he does try to be a dictator even more than he already is trying to be James, what were your higher exam results? Do you remember? Oh, man. Um, two A's, two B's, and a C. But then I got a B and a C appealed up. So three A's and two B's. Big brains. Wow. Big brains. I did not. Absolutely. It was back in the days where I didn't actually have to try. Oh, I hate Led you. me to this lazy life of unable to actually put a grind in when I need to. Okay, well, I tried really hard, and I got two A's a B, a fail, and a C into art. Ah, I would have failed art. Because for for some reason, I was intent on painting watercolor football players. And because (laughs) they're all just arms and legs, and, you know, there was multiple things in the scene, there was no shading, there was no sort of texture, it was just blobs of pink for people's faces, and then, like, three black lines to do their eyes and nose. And mouth, which was joined onto their nose. So, yeah, I can see why I got that one. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I ask, as opposed to just a a nice trip down memory lane, is because today was exam results day for thousands of pupils across Scotland who, for the first time ever, because of the uh, COVID-19, had to have their grades estimated by a combination of teacher assessment, prelim mark, and then... As has been revealed today, the SQA marking it down for being too high. Yeah, the SQA being like, hey, you go down, and you go down. So here's the story. The exam body for Scotland has lowered 125,000 estimated grades, which is a quarter of the total. Wow. A quarter. Uh, because they decided that they were too high. Right. And they wanted to make sure that there were fairness to all learners and maintain the standards and credibility right. of the qualification system. They didn't want too big a jump from last year or people would, like, question it. Right. So 138,000 students were getting their exam results this year. The pass rates for 
the National Fives hires and Advanced hires are all up on last year. Right. But of course, there is now outrage that the SQA downgraded a quarter. Quite a lot. Of those exam results. Yeah. James, what do you think of this? As a Just as a first, give me your thoughts. Well, first thought is using exams as a method to decide how 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 good a person is at a subject in the modern day and age is trash. Yeah. Uh, so I hope this is a little a little corner, a little turning point and we can look to alternate ways to grade people in different subjects along the lines of trusting your teacher to make good judgments and checking all their coursework through the year. That seems really smart to me. Um I I I imagine it has led to people um, getting a more realistic grade, which is usually higher because everybody underperforms on exams. Everybody underperforms because it's just random. It's it's the stress of exams is a plays a massive part. Yeah, it's too stressy. It's it, it, it really is a bad system. So I'm sure that this fairer, um, more like slightly subjective, more coursework related method led to a, a better passing result for most people which means that we have to put them all down because we don't want to look like we cheated in this year's um, tests um, on the world stage but hopefully this is a transition we can transition towards this better way of, of estimating how good people are at things to me the sqa were stuck between a rock and a hard place because if they yeah. just did if they gave the results that the teachers wanted then the amount of passes or actual exam results would be, you know, near 95%, I'm sure. Yeah. They'd be way higher. It was high, it was high so, before, yeah. And, 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 and then they'd be accused of, oh, you just let the teachers pick willy-nilly. But now, opposition politicians in Scotland are accusing the SQA of treating teachers with contempt ah. for failing to respect their professional understanding of the children. Right. And of course... Some of the kids are now being case studies for these news stories and saying, hey, because I've been downgraded, I've not got my place in uni. Yeah. Or I've been downgraded because I come from a bad area of, of Scotland and therefore... Yeah. And apparently it's impossible to be smart. I'm apparently stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So I do feel for them. And I'm not really sure what the solution... I mean, they're just going to have to receive, what, 100,000 appeals now? I mean, they, they will. Uh Maybe maybe they'll be generous with their appeals as they were as they were towards me. My experience shows that you get hundred percent of the appeals you ask for. Uh, that wasn't that was a rarity. I, I was one of like three people that actually managed to get appeals that I knew of in that year. Um, but I really do hope this gives us a chance to kind of change the way we're looking at grading because we are as a nation in Scotland changing the way we are educating um, children. I'm sure a lot of people have complaints about it. We all heard a lot of them as they unleashed the curriculum for excellence without very oh, much yeah. testing nationwide when they should have probably trickled it out with a bit more pos like positive and negative feedback and a good loop before actually making it nationwide. But they didn't, that's fine. Um, but hopefully this can add to that and we have a different way of um, of examining as well because you look at the way we're examining this and it's, just, it's a denial of the technology that we currently have. It is far better to teach a child how to figure out something than it is to make them memorize a solution to a thing in this day and age. Because with, you know, the internet and calculators and phones and all these things, it's better to teach somebody how to find out stuff than it is to actually just teach it to them. For sure. Um, 
and other countries are a, a bit ahead of us. So we're looking a bit bad as we're in the transition, but hopefully we can see improvements years and years and years in the future. Well, James, you know, when I sat my higher physics in fifth year, which was the subject I got a fail in, uh, I was very disappointed and my teacher was very disappointed. My dad was very disappointed. Right. However, yesterday, when unscrewing a plug, I successfully managed to identify what the earth wire was. Yeah, well and I was done. very proud. Well done, you. So if there's anything I'm, I've remembered, it's that the earth wire is the green and yellow one and you don't touch it. Yeah. But you know what? Even if you forgot, <laughs> if somebody had taught you how to find out what the earth wire is, it's basically like you never forgot in the first place. I, exactly. So, so up yours, Mr. Smith. Yeah, up <laughs> yours, examination methods. Okay, James, let's move on. Some quick fire stories. We're running outside. You know, that actually sounds like a real classic in- innuendo right there now I think about it. Yep, a little bit. Okay, let's move on. Portland, James, this is something we've not actually talked about. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't really touched this in a while. There have been. Now, please stop me if I'm wrong, because I have only skim-read these stories as they've been appearing the last few weeks. Man, yeah, no, it's huge. Just to check, there have been ongoing protests in the city of Portland in Oregon yeah. since the start of the Black Lives Matter movement every single night. Is that correct? Yes. That, as far as I know, that is still correct to this day. Okay, What's been the the change then this week? Because Trump obviously had, uh, in recent times, said that he was going to bring in the National bring Guard. In the feds. Or he was going to bring in the feds. James, what's happened in Portland? Right, so let's do a brief recap. Uh, the riots start. Portland's a very rioty place because it is a slightly more progressive city within a yeah. less progressive, wider society. So therefore, the police there are extra disappointing to the citizens and that extra disappointment has led to a lot of protests initially the city with their own police force and i guess the state police force responded as you'd expect american police forces with trying to shut down the protests tear gassing all these things that we've seen uh, that are now becoming um, representative of american policing worldwide and then eventually that didn't really work trump noticed it didn't work so they sent the federal police, that's like the police for the everywhere in the United States, who also decided that the the best way to handle this is with tear gas and, and other gases, some gases which are um, very questionably legal um, and other violent responses where we're seeing people getting shot in the head with rubber bullets and stuff like that. Um, all these less than lethal methods, which means that it's less likely that you're going to die, but you still can if we use them. Um, you can you can certainly be blinded. I saw that. You, you can just die from them. Less than lethal doesn't actually mean that you're 100% not going to die. It's just stuff that is less likely to kill you. There was a story that found seven people had been had been blinded for life, like yeah. lost eyes yeah. because of the p- police brutality in these protests. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. Continue. And, and if your response to all this is just like, listen to the police and you won't get hurt, then you're a part of the problem. We can, we can have that discussion another day. Um, eventually... That wasn't working, so to stop the embarrassment of failing to shut down the protests, the feds have been removed, and the city has started policing its own places again, and they've used less violent methods, um, focused more on de-escalating and protecting uh, the interior of buildings rather than the exterior of buildings and all this stuff, and suddenly, the protests are no longer 
suspiciously turning into riots every single night upon the the arrival of the police and the curfew. And we've had a few nights of peaceful protests while while the police were present, being the violent um, sources of 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 har- harm that they are. Every single protest was turning into a complete riot, uh-huh. and because the police were escalating, so this is an improvement. They were agitating and agitating for sure. Uh, so hopefully, this is a lesson that other areas in the U.S. can learn. If you if your police do their job and focus on de-escalating situations, people don't get hurt as much. We do that in Scotland. Come and get a couple of lessons from our police. I'm not calling them perfect, but they they get taught how to de-escalate rather than how to agitate and how to protect yourself with your weapons. Uh, it, it might be a sign of improvement, but, you know, things are still looking very wild in general. Um, and with the, which I'm assuming we're going to talk about with the newly released uh, footage of uh, the George Floyd event, oh. um, we might see both sides of the, of the argument feeling vindicated and more keen to stamp their feet down. Okay, so so you've segued very nicely there. This is the news that the body cam footage of officers Thomas Lane and Alex Kung have been released. Now, I don't know how. I believe someone in the office clearly has just surreptitiously just sent, sent it, it to the Daily, sent it to Mail. The Daily Mail because yeah. they've slapped the word exclusive on it. Uh, yeah. The footage shows... Floyd uh, saying there's various lines that are new but it's all along the same lines of what the initial video showed with the before and after uh, so yeah. you know please don't shoot me I just lost my mum he's yeah. crying as the officers pull him out of the car and they handcuff him he's having a panic attack pure and simple yep. James what did you make of the footage first of all and then also what does this you mentioned the two sides feeling vindicated for various reasons what do you think the fallout is from this so the footage is uh, about as harrowing as you'd expect this is a man is. who is clearly distressed clearly having a panic attack probably you know because he's been shot by the police before and that might make future interactions with the police much more difficult especially considering how uh, pro-violence the American police is um, we, we see this, and it's not just in Floyd, we see this across loads of videos that are being released by people with their arrest experiences. They are terrified from the second the police arrive. And if anybody out there wants to tell me that the police should be terrifying, you're wrong. You shouldn't be scared as a citizen no. when you encounter the police. And you definitely shouldn't be scared for your life as a citizen when you encounter the police. Um, and upon being scared for his life and having an attack, um, he became somebody who was unable to do what the police asked of him, which was get in the back of the police car, amongst many other things. And then the police escalated it from there, getting more and more violent, restraining him with the methods that we all know and have heard about, uh, which led to his death. It's not a surprise. The American police um, are, are pro-escalation, as we have discussed. Um, the difficulty is that People with empathy uh, and a, a, a desire to understand uh, difficult situations will see a man who is terrified uh, and is reacting in a fight and flight response and is unable to be reasonable because of that um, difficulty. And we will feel that none of this is justified. 
the escalation isn't justified, the restraint method isn't justified, the death is not justified, therefore uh, protest. <laughs> therefore get these, get these uh, police in trial. Um, make sure that this is a lesson that they all learn and will never repeat. And that's across the board. Um, however, people who are on the pro-police side who like to pretend that they're pro-freedom but are somehow f really pro an oppressive police force mm -hmm. um, are saying, hey, look, he resisted. That means that anything is justified. Hey, look, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't doing what they said. That means that their methods were justified. And that's just wrong. I hope for clear reasons based off what we've said already. Um, but they will use that to counter-protest with more vigor, I am sure. So we might see the clashes spark again. And if the trial of the um, convicted or the still convicted um, police officer doesn't get the result that the population is expecting, we might see the clashes um increase again 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 yep one final story before we wrap up with some lighter news and this is the court documents being released as part of the uh is it the maxwell galane upcoming trial i believe yeah and it's the sex offender jeffrey epstein allegedly tried to gather incriminating evidence against prince andrew yeah. by forcing an underage girl to have sex with him Mm -hmm. The papers released by the court in New York say the alleged encounter took place on the private island owned by Epstein in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And the document claims Epstein told the girl to uh, give the prince whatever he wanted yeah. and then report back report to him back. on the details of the sexual abuse. James, yeah. how credible is this? Uh, well, allegations are allegations, neither, neither proof of um, guilt or innocence. Uh, they seem credible, in part because a lot of the stuff that we all know now was um, supposed to have been redacted, but you could unredact by copy pasting uh, the bl the black lines of text, um, and therefore we, we know a few more things than we were supposed to. Um, but it's also credible because um, Maxwell and Epstein, their business wasn't trafficking; their business was using uh, those methods to get dirt on people in powerful places and then get advantages like business business advantages or political advantages or just general life advantages by manipulating those people that they now had dirt on. Um, so it's no surprise that um, very few of the people in those circles are able or are willing to come forward because that those stories are still out there, just waiting to be confirmed by Maxwell or Associates being a witness. But it's it's just horrendous all round. Like there there's there's nothing out of this which you know, there's there's nobody in here you want to root for or or want to come out of this. You you just think No, no. These are horrible people doing horrible things. You know, anybody associating with them knew exactly what what, what was going on and they still did. They still associated with them and um there's all sorts of names that are being confirmed as associates now, where it's previously were just suspected to be associates. Um, and it doesn't really matter uh, in my books uh, whether you partook yourself of the uh, illegal and harmful activities. Um, if you at this point are unrepentant of that association, you aren't coming forward with information to, to help the investigations, uh, all of the above and more if you if if you are still just keeping it all a secret and hoping it doesn't come back and bite you 
I hope it does, and it should. Everybody who's still remaining silent on these things uh, needs to be um, brought forward against their will, for sure, if, if they aren't willing to do it themselves, uh, so that we can get uh, justice in a lot of cases or so that we can have the appropriate info to shut things down that are still ongoing. Um, but there's just this whole um, this idea that for some reason because the, the the powerful figures that they manipulated were manipulated, it makes it less bad. No, it's still bad. Um, and I hope that these investigations continue to to unearth information that can bring people down who have not changed their ways, who have been unrepentant, who haven't sought for atonement and all of the above. James, have you watched anything this week? Nothing completed visually to report, but... Oh. But I finished an audiobook. I finished book one of the Stormlight Archives. Or it's called The Way of Kings, I believe. Oh. Uh, I was using it to kind of fall asleep to, so I've listened to about 80%. Uh, fell asleep for quite a lot of it. <laughs> but it's good. A well, well-read audiobook and a well-written book. I was told... When I was ask, I was asking somebody to to suggest to me a fantasy series that I would enjoy, uh-huh. a series that is finished, um, that I would enjoy. They recommended this one. I trustingly downloaded book one and have listened to it, and I've since discovered that the series is only halfway done. So I'm now sitting on yet another incomplete series to try and wait the rest of my life <laughs> nice. to maybe get to listen to one day and or read. But overall. Storm Archive was the first book was a good one. I liked it. Okay, well, before I get to my two, let me just say first of all that the Emmys had uh, released their nominations for 2020. Oh yeah. Uh, the award ceremony is going to be next month. I presume it's being held virtually. But running away with the most amount of nominations was Watchmen, which ironically I'm yet to watch, but I it is on my list. I really do want to see it. I should see it before September. Yeah. I'm 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 currently planning to watch it. Yeah. Okay, it has 26 nominations. Uh, the Amazon Prime comedy drama Mrs. Sorry, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel has 20. Right. And then you've got Ozark from Netflix and Succession from HBO, which both have 18. Those are the four big ones. Yeah. Uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel has done really well in the last few years. It's won uh, Best Comedy. There's been a few actress and Best Actress nods. Uh, Watchmen is a new one, and I believe because it's the only series that was planned for that show then this really is it for for that for the, the team that put that together. Yeah, it's the one chance, fingers crossed. Whereas with Succession, Succession having watched the two seasons that are currently out, I can fully support and agree with the nominations it's got. Uh, some of them in particular I think are really well deserved and I do hope they win. Ozark is a tough one for me because I still haven't seen it, but Jason Bateman is phenomenal. He is great, So. Yeah. I will. That is also on my shows to watch, and I will eventually get to these once I have my 101 DIY jobs in this flat finished. Yes, James. Any thoughts on the uh, the Emmys? I saw the Mandalorian. Got one too. I'm just glad Game of Thrones isn't on the list anymore. That can <laughs> go and just die in a fire. It's in um, the bin. Yeah, forever to be forgotten in award ceremonies. I do hope. Um, a lot of these shows, I I haven't seen the most recent seasons of. I've seen Mandalorian. I've seen a couple of season ones of other ones, and yeah. They're all they're all pretty enjoyable as far as I as far as I know. 
Uh, Ozarks got a lot more than I would have expected after seeing season one, but I'm assuming it's yeah. one of those shows that just gradually improves and improves and improves in quality as it goes on. Um, yeah, Ozarks a strange one in that I, I agree the season one reviews were pretty poor. Yeah, and it's but it seems to have improved and people seem to like it. Yeah, and the Mandalorian I'm not surprised by how few it got because while I enjoyed it a lot, it 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 wasn't anything revolutionary. Um, it was very cheaply episodic, a bit cheaply written, uh, and the set design, while very lovely, was very limited by being uh, on a screen for the most part, rather than real. Um, so, hopefully, f- it it will be a show that does improve as it goes on and actually is worthy of rewards. Okay, well, James, in terms of reviews, I've seen two things this week, one of which was a Pixar movie, and one of which was The Umbrella Academy. So I'm going to start with Ratatouille, which I believe came out, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe more? More than three years ago. I watched it because I was visiting my godson over the weekend who turned two, and Ratatouille is his favourite movie. So uh, Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that. So first time I watched that, I really enjoyed it. Certainly enjoyed it, watched it more than he did. But you know, even even when he was like running up to me with a truck, I was like, shh, get out of here. <laughs> There's an important scene happening. <laughs> Can you not see what's happening with the TV? It's emotional right so, now. So uh, I did, I really enjoyed it. I would, uh, I would yep. say it, it's certainly up there with Pixar's best. I don't think it is the best, but yeah, as a no, way of it, passing the time and telling a good story with some lovely visuals. Great. No, it's one of the Pixar excellence for sure. I agree. Ratatouille, excellent, excellent, excellent film. Okay, and Umbrella Academy Season 1. Now, Season 2 has just come out in the last four days. Yeah. And I'm expecting to hear some reviews uh, from listeners very shortly. But myself and Graham have finished Season 1 uh-huh. of Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, uh, let me start by saying I liked the show. Right. However, it has some problems. Yes. The main one being the tone is all over the place mm-hmm. for a show which should really be kind of fun it it doesn't it doesn't really have that sense of fun like there's there's moments the show has moments where it's fun where for example they play some sort of iconic song from the 80s to gleeful acts of violence that's great i like that yeah and there there are some fun. there's some nice touches throughout the show however it's just so lopsided and yep. it's trying to it's too dark for what it really is it's a time traveling dysfunctional family sitcom action show yeah it's and it's and it takes itself too seriously and it's only you know the moments of levity are great but there are too few of them Mm -hmm. that was that's what i would say and also just the end of the the end of the season one i wasn't really on board with it yeah i liked some aspects of it and the the other ones yeah not so much the kind of classic baddie blowing up blowing up everything i know that was the main plot line of season one however yeah just the way just the way it panned out i wasn't a big fan of it some of the character motivations and the fact that despite the fact someone let's say one of the family does something particularly particularly despicable within five minutes it's been forgotten about and everyone's totally fine with it so yeah there are certain aspects of it which i didn't enjoy but it certainly uh made me enjoy enough that i want to see season two so that is going to happen season one was the best while the mystery was still building yes and one of the other outstanding aspects was just the way it was shot and aside from that everything else was 50 50 50 yeah i would agree Uh, yeah the the build-up was 
far better than once everything had had been unveiled. Yeah. And some some of the moments where I thought, oh, are they going to go for a Game of Thrones, you know, kill off a major character? And they just didn't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think those moments would have been had more power had they gone with the big bold decisions. But I know there's this is based on a comic book, so these things, you know, they have to follow through with the characters. But yeah. Yeah, they're set in paper. Season two looks interesting. I hope it is. Okay, James, that is it. We have run out of time. We're through the hour again. It's a wrap. Uh, I will see you next week again from the new flat i'm just, just going to continue enjoying the novelty yeah another another pre-wi-fi show <laughs> that is that is about the only unique thing about the podcast is that one of us is going to be recording not on wi-fi yeah another and pre-chairs i'm currently on the, i've been leaning forward on a corner sofa old show and my back is not liking it well take the microphone about try both the toilets see if either <laughs> of those fit a recording better <laughs> Okay, good shout. Right, cheers, James. I'll chat to you soon. Bye. All right. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Have a good one.